Two words to describe Malin Galbraith are compassionate and for you. Her heart in helping you shines through in our entire conversation. Her desire is for everyone to find the help they need to live the life they're called to. Her compassion for others to find their self-worth and value, no matter their past, inspires me. And I know it will inspire you too. You're gonna love this conversation. Here we go. Galbraith, you are here Yay. and you have a lot of letters behind your name. And I'm like, I don't know what all that is. <laughs> Here's what I do know. As I've gotten to know you, I just see such a compassionate, empathetic woman. Well, thank you. You're and so kind. you have said so many times in just the short little bit that we've been talking about how it's heartbreaking to see people going through things. And mm -hmm. so I know you have such a beautiful heart. Thank and you. you've done a lot of work, a lot of education to be able to help help others. So help our friends mm -hmm. here know what it is that you do. I think the easiest explanation is I'm a nurse practitioner. I'm a family and psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. Mm -hmm. I've been practicing over 27 years. Um, I'm currently in a behavioral health clinic, a nonprofit facility that's in a small town in um, Tennessee, south of Nashville. And psychiatric nurse practitioners are trained to assess, diagnose, and treat behavioral health diagnoses, whether they're short-term or long-term. Yeah. So you see patients day in, day out. All day, yes. That's got to be taxing <laughs> and yet so rewarding. Right. Do you feel like you have a lot of coping mechanisms? Mm -hmm. You know, what would some of those be for yourself? I do. I think one of the most important parts of being a um, full-time professional is the, the moments before work and the moments after. Um, I do currently have a commute to my job, which, um, you know, you could frame in a negative way or you sure. could use it as my time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my time in the morning includes, um, I always pray, I always spend time asking God for wisdom, asking Him for insight, patience, compassion, because there are days that you're tired or you're overwhelmed or you're overworked. Um, you know, we have to keep the lights on, as our administrators always like to say. Uh, so productivity is really important, yeah. but you don't want to lose sight of why you're there. Yeah. Um, in the afternoons, I use that time to, you know, listen to a podcast, listen to something inspirational. Yeah. Sometimes it's educational. Sometimes it's just faith music. Um it, it needs to be something that lifts me up yeah, or, or I feel like contributes to my insight and my, um, my knowledge base. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody that has your exact same position mm -hmm. could not have any faith mm -hmm. and you have a strong faith. Correct. How does that work? You know, how does mm -hmm. faith play into your career and how you impact mm -hmm those that you're you're treating well that's a um sometimes tough to navigate because yeah. a lot of organizations may or may not be faith-based um so you have to meet people where they are yeah. and if people are christian and faith-based i'm very open and i speak um i try to encourage them to also talk about their faith 
But if people aren't, or maybe they're in that undecided category, um, you certainly can use those opportunities to share um, what what keeps me grounded, what keeps me hopeful. Um, But again, in client care, patient care, you have to respect people, um, their life choices. Yeah. How did you get to, Mm -hmm. you could have stayed a nurse practitioner. You could have, you know, you're very much into health and wellness and Mm -hmm. helping others, but you really went into something that is very specific. How did you decide that you were the right fit to help people with those with treating people like that? I think for mental health, I realized after, you know, 25 years of being a family nurse practitioner, mental health is really the foundation for all health. Um, and I realized how much that influenced people's lifestyle choices, yeah. relationships, um, you know, choosing a career. It, it, um, it permeates every aspect of your life. So I felt like psychiatric uh, nursing was really the next step and would, um, you know, it's different. Um, I used to do family medicine. So, you know, physicals, ankle sprains, um, blood pressure Mm -hmm. management, diabetes. But I also try to incorporate that into my mental health practice. I want people to have a good primary care provider. We take full set of vitals. We, Um, or me specifically, I coach them with wellness, um, because a big part of mental health is, you know, exercising consistently, you know, hydration. I spend a lot of time talking about how important sleep is. Yeah. Um, So I feel like it's a real, you know, holistic approach. Yeah. And personally, Mm -hmm. where, where, you know, what's your upbringing and how Mm -hmm. has that impacted your career? Well, I grew up in a very small town in Tennessee, and I'm very grateful to say that my parents were Christian. Um, my dad was a Christian, my, my mom, my stepfather. My parents divorced when I was very young, and we moved back to my mom's um, hometown. And she always stressed how important it was to have a greater purpose. You know, it's not just about me or her or us. Yeah. It's about the world and making a difference. And and through God, I feel like we can do that in a more impactful way. Yeah. So. So she's been a huge influence on your life. Huge influence. My mother was probably the most faithful Christian I've been exposed to. Wow. Um, she always knew, you know, where she was going. She um, loved her kids and supported us. But in her final days, I could see that peace uh, in her eyes and on her face and um, it gave me a lot of comfort Yeah, knowing where she was going. Yeah. I just think that's so, you know, mm-hmm. somebody has such a close relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. when they're so excited to go home. Yeah. So beautiful, isn't it? It really was just to see the peace yeah. in her heart. At Women of Faith, we not only care about your spiritual health, we care about your physical health too. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are to be obedient to Him by taking care of the body God gave us. Our new sponsor, Faithfully Fit and Free, shares this belief and they're driven by a passion for helping people achieve a healthy body, a healthy spirit, and a healthy mind. You can visit faithfullyfitandfree.com to discover products that give you more energy and support your immunity, along with superfoods, 
personal care, and more. I personally love their mission and their products because I feel incredible taking them, and I know you'll love them too. Plus, when you place your first SmartShip order, you'll receive a free devotional. Check out faithfullyfitandfree.com where the focus is on a healthy body, a healthy spirit, and a healthy mind. When life gets hard, it helps to know you're not alone. If you or someone you care about is battling anxiety or depression or loneliness, our comprehensive collection of classes and resources cover more than 100 topics like these. All of our classes are based on biblical truth, giving you hope beyond what the world has to offer. Sign up to watch the Women of Faith collection of classes at Liftable TV and start moving toward the freedom you crave. We envision a world transformed by women living victoriously with Him. We prepare our kids to be able to speak up what they, for what they believe in. God wants to provide for us all the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. He wants you to have a group of friends. He wants you to feel like you belong. He wants you to be in community because we're made for a relationship. Watch over 80 diverse Christian programs, including the Women of Faith show and classes on Liftable. Tell me about your dad growing up. My father was also a man of faith. Um, he had a little bit harder start in life. His father mm -hmm. was an alcoholic. All his brothers were alcoholic. He was the youngest child of 11 kids. Wow. He um, desperately wanted to go to college, and the only way he could do that was through the military. Mm -hmm. He joined. The, he was eager to join the military because they give you free clothing and shoes, and they feed you, and you have a place to live. And he was in um, Korea uh, long enough to qualify for the GI Bill, and he was able to go to college, and he ultimately finished a master's. My dad struggled with addiction. He was an alcoholic. Um, he started drinking at age 12. So it's really a miracle what he accomplished professionally. Yeah. He had um, probably 25 to 28-year education career before his disease took over. Yeah. So that was, you know, um, a hard reality for for the kids. Yeah. We knew heartache and pain at a very early age. Yeah. So how, when you are dealing with an alcoholic father mm -hmm. and now with what you do with your career, mm -hmm. does that motivate you? Does that drive you? Absolutely. And I think it's interesting that I've, I'm where I am. I feel like that's, there's no um, mistake or accident with that. How do you think your relationship mm -hmm. with your earthly father mm -hmm. has impacted your relationship with your heavenly father? I think that's been super tough. And it's an ongoing process where you have to remind yourself, you know, you're worthy, you're, you're loved. Um, you matter, you can make a difference. Yeah. It's really easy to get caught up in the negative. Um, and it's, you know, some days I have to remind myself and I encourage patients to do the same thing, you know, uh, write positive affirmations, tell yourself, you know, you're worthy, you're loved, you're light, your, your kindness, um, and try to focus on what happened in your day that's good. Yeah. You know, we tend to review what didn't go right or mm -hmm. what we didn't do or what we have yet to accomplish, but it's really more healthy to list all the things that you did well yeah. and celebrate, you know, um, a day that was um, productive or a day that 
that gave you rest. Yeah. Tell me something that mm-hmm. people may not know about you. Well, I'm passionate about food. Mm. <laughs> That's sort of the theme for um, me as well as my husband. We love to yeah. cook and um, fortunately, that's an area that can enrich our lives if, yeah. if done correctly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We love to eat, but we love to eat healthy food. Mm-hmm. We love to cook our own food. And I guess um, a dirty little secret would be I want to be a mushroom farmer oh. at some point. <laughs> I would love to grow my own mushrooms. I have seen people grow <laughs> mushrooms like um, inside, like right. under you a light. Like it's yeah. not even necessarily just outside. How cool. Yeah. Or even in the refrigerator, you can buy these little mushroom really? bricks and put them in your fridge. There you go. Them. So. <laughs> nice. So why do you have that love? What What drew you to that, do you think? Well, I think what we eat makes a huge difference. Um, and I mentioned Dr. Amen. You know, he has a whole yeah. series on how food impacts brain health, you know, even daily products, you know, things we put on our skin, um, uh, household supplies. I mean, all these things could potentially be toxic. So I feel like uh, good mental health is expanded to, you know, sleep hygiene, um, exercise, hydration, um, eating a lot of vegetables and fruits. I know that sounds simple, but it's it's very impactful. Yeah. So. Well, and I, I think taking care of ourselves in mm-hmm. a healthy way is so uh, life changing. Mm-hmm. Really, I know when I eat healthy, mm-hmm. I sleep well, I exercise, I am not exposing myself to things mm-hmm. you know that are um, not good for me. Right. Everything changes emotionally, mentally, spiritually, Absolutely. and it's it almost like makes me veer. Okay. I just want to stay on this path because mm-hmm. I know that my physical body, the the temple that the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit resides in, can do what God's asking me to do Absolutely. to a much higher level because mm-hmm. of that. Um, tell me some other things that you've done to just take care mm-hmm. of yourself so you can be mm-hmm. what God's really calling you to be. Well, um, in the industry, you know, we use the term self-care a lot and we talk to clients about that, but that's particularly important as a clinician. You've really got to take care of yourself. If you don't, you're not very valuable to people. Yeah. (laughs) You're not going to be as effective. So, uh, one thing that we talk a lot about in clinical practice is being in nature, Mm -hmm. you know, being outside, having sun exposure. It has been proven that if if you spend more time in nature, your brain will age more gracefully. So, um, it's good. Yeah. You bring a lot of value to mm. other people. And just through what I know about mm. you, um, I know self-worth has been mm. an issue that Absolutely. you've really had to work on for right. yourself. Um, tell me, tell me mm. about self-worth and valuing yourself. Mm. That's a tough one. I mean, you can, uh, spend your whole life trying to, um, convince yourself that you're worthy and you can do that in really good ways or really bad ways. Um, you know, throughout my life, I feel like accomplishing things was an effort on Mm. my part to try to convince myself I was worthy and that I'm loved. And as we know, as believers, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to prove it. You are, you're valuable. There's only one of me and one of you and we're both created in God's image and he loves us regardless. Um, you can do it in negative ways, you know, through addiction or, 
um, you know, working too much or, or, you know, alcohol, gambling, um, eating too much. So, uh, for me, it's finding that balance, finding with work, you know, I'm a guilty, um, I've been guilty for years, you know, working too much and being, focusing too much on, um, trying to find peace in performing or achieving. And that's, um, that doesn't work. Yeah. So you poured yourself into work Mm. instead of maybe your personal life. Right. Because you could find value through Mm. work and performing instead of relationships maybe yeah and as you know I'm fairly newly married yeah congratulations (laughs) yeah and that's been a real blessing my husband has repeatedly you know told me how loved I am and and having that positive male figure in my life has made a big difference and um you know having someone to share your life with and the older I get the more I realize relationships really do enhance your life, but also, um, bring so much joy, you know, uh, life is better when you have people to share it with. And even if you're not married or in a relationship, having, you know, friends around you, neighbors, having either a church family or some people, you know, through COVID have had church in their homes. They've had, they might be able to continue their community group, or they might be able to start a small group. That's one thing I talk to clients about, you know, look at your circle of support. Uh, one question I'll ask is, how many people do you have to call in the middle of the night? You know, can you name two or three people yeah. that you can reach out to at times That's where good. you really need support? Yeah. So as I've gotten older, I've I've learned to appreciate I need people around me. Whereas yeah. in my younger years, um, I think I thought life was easier and better being by yourself. Yeah. And, you know, it was less risky. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a self-protection right. method. How do you think mm-hmm. your self-worth has negatively or um, has held you back in some areas of life, maybe? I think um, feeling like I wouldn't have been uh, capable of getting married younger. You know, mm-hmm. I felt like I just wasn't equipped. I didn't have the right insight or the right tools. I think yeah. seeing how... Uh, my parents' marriage didn't work, you know, basically told me that's not a good way to go. Maybe it's wow. safer just to be alone and, wow. uh, you know, navigate life on your own. Yeah. Um, I think I didn't have the confidence to have a family. I was too afraid that, you know, I could pass on some of those negative family traits, family characteristics. Yeah. So it's a really vulnerable statement. Tell me more about that. Like what, what have you since learned? Do you mm. feel that way anymore? Absolutely not. And I would encourage anyone, and if they're young, mm. particularly, and they feel broken or insecure or they lack confidence, um, you can overcome that. Yeah. You know, I would encourage them to get help, to go to a therapist, to talk about their feelings, and that starts in communities. You know, having as many contacts as many, you know, whether it's socially or at work or through your volunteer work or, um, you know, church family is a great place to start. A lot of churches are trying to offer mental health support now, particularly through the pandemic that sort of raised the awareness. Um, I think we've seen again, isolation is one of the most devastating, um, things that we can choose. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And you have a ministry with your new husband. Yes. Tell me about that. <laughs> Our ministry is called greaterthanthat.org. And under that umbrella, we have Survive Alive Thrive which is our ministry to help people uh, work through loss. Um, You know, initially we were using the word grief, and grief, as you know, people attach to losing, you know, people. They don't think of grief uh, applying to losing a job or losing a home, financial devastation, um, illness. So we've um, tried to use terms that are more relatable and applicable in Mm -hmm. people's minds and hearts to all aspects of life. So we don't just deal with um, losing family and friends. We deal with, um, you know, career uh, devastation or um, addiction or um, a loss of a relationship. We try to bridge that gap between science and research and yeah. application, yeah. and we just encourage people to, again, share in their immediate circles. You know, if you're feeling down, depressed, you're overwhelmed, you know, reach out to your friends, reach out yeah. to family, um, whether that's your biologic family or your chosen family, you know, long-term friends, colleagues, your church family. It's so important to just, you know, tell someone, yeah. I'm struggling right now. Yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah, it's isolation versus community. As Melinda and I talk about understanding our self-worth, discovering our God-given value, I think of the scripture that says, even if my mother and father abandon me, the Lord cares for me, Psalm 27, 10. And then as I was just thinking about what else to share, I was also inspired by what June Hunt writes in our self-worth keys for living. She shares, a major key to my overcoming my struggle with self-worth has been this, changing the focus from my painful experiences with my earthly father to experience the perfect love of my heavenly father, changing the focus from my insecure family background to the security of knowing I'm in the family of God. Changing the focus from my painful failures to the one who looks beyond my faults and calls me friend. We don't have to wonder about our self-worth when we see our God-given worth, when we see our God-given value, when we see ourselves through God's eyes. Let us help you with understanding your God-given values. Just go to womenoffaith.com and find our resources on self-worth. You'll be glad you did. Do you want to experience a deeper relationship with Jesus? Join me for inspiring conversations that will equip you to walk more fully in God's purpose for your life. On my show, you'll meet a wide range of guests who are impacting the kingdom in meaningful ways every day. Check out the latest episodes only on Liftable. Okay, (laughs) now is the time for Malin Galbraith's Truth Bomb. (laughs) And what that means is you get about 30 seconds to have a powerful message that people Mm -hmm. can take away and they can say, Malin said this and I was encouraged. Mm -hmm. The gift I would give uh, everyone is... Um, not only be present, but try to expand your social circle. Try to um, 
look at your day-to-day life and where you are mentally and emotionally and know life sometimes takes turns we don't anticipate, but we all know we're going to have loss on many different levels. So I would just encourage people to assess where they are and um, love themselves. You know, we talk a lot about loving other people and supporting other people, but it really does start with us. You know, we need to, um, again, get enough sleep you know, eat healthy, hydrate, exercise, uh, do things that make you feel good, that bring you joy. When my mom passed away, I went through months of, you know, intense sadness and loss after her death. And it was a a few months ago, um, I did something and I just giggled and I could feel it almost in my toes. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I am. I'm enjoying life again. I feel joyful. Yes. I just felt so blessed for that moment. And if we can bring that to other people, great. Well, it really starts with us. We've got to love ourselves and care for ourselves first. Yeah. And I remember going through those times, Mm -hmm. too, um, where, and this is such a simple example, Mm -hmm. but I was still living with my parents after I had got divorced, and nothing seemed all that great. (laughs) Um, I had my kids, and I had my parents, and that was about it. And it it was a really tough time. I mean, definitely um, depression and lots of other negative Mm. emotions and thoughts. I mean, it was just Mm. a really hard time in my life. And I remember running up the stairs for the first time. And I got to the top of the stairs. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I actually just did something (laughs) that actually felt normal and joyful. And I know that sounds so silly. Not at all. But it was in that instance, it's like I found hope that Mm -hmm. I was going to be, okay, I'm moving in the right direction. Exactly. And I think sharing life experiences like that gives other people hope. I mean, if you were to sit down and tell your story, where you were in your life and all the things that you were going through, you just never know how that impacts another person. And even if they haven't been through some of those life experiences, they can apply that to their tough days or their tough life, um, episodes that, uh, sometimes take, take the wind right out of our sails. And we just feel like we're, we're the only one that could possibly feel this level of despair. And it's just not true. It's It's a lie. It is a lie from the enemy. And we just have to put it on repeat that you can have a joy filled life, no matter Mm. what circumstances you've had, no matter what's Mm. been done to you, no matter what you've ever done Jesus can still redeem all of that and because Jesus is in our life. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, a lot of times we're like, oh, think positive or, oh, get over it, you know. No, it's because Mm -hmm. Jesus is the foundation, the anchor of my life, Mm -hmm. that is why I've been able to overcome the struggles, the hardship, Mm -hmm. and be able to sit here today and say, you can live victorious in Christ, despite Mm -hmm. no matter what valley you've gone through, you can still have a joy-filled life. So beautifully said. One last question. Okay. What advice would Mm -hmm. you like to give our friends today? Just one piece of advice that maybe you would have wished that you would have heard when you were younger, Mm -hmm. Um, something that would be helpful to people. I think um, particularly for those that are struggling with um, mental health, anxiety, depression, feeling if you're addicted to something, if you are going through a divorce or you've lost a, someone very close to you, family, friends, colleagues, there is hope. You don't want to be alone. The worst possible thing we can all do is isolate. Yeah. 
you want to reach out. Um, if you don't have, you know, close friends or if it's two in the morning, all inpatient hospitals, emergency rooms have people you can go talk to. Um, any behavioral health hospital has um, an assessment bay that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It does not mean you will be admitted. It does not cost you any money to go and speak to these people. If you need help, go yeah. and get it. I love that. Right. So good. But so many people that are in that dark place, it's almost like you have blinders on. You can't get out of yeah. what is the your deepest, darkest pain. And uh, so I just want to reiterate, there's professional help, but if you're not in a place where you feel you're devastated or you're currently struggling with um, an intense emotional crisis, you know, look at your life and say, you know, how can I expand my social circle? How can I add to my life? Yeah. How can I bring in people that will celebrate me and love me and support me? And I can reciprocate that yeah. to them. Yeah. The more people we have, whether it's neighbors, friends, family, church family, work colleagues, um, the better we'll navigate those difficult life experiences. That's good. Thank you for sharing your heart today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm so glad that you could just share from like that mental health perspective mm -hmm. is such a unique way of really thinking about, you know, Jesus is bringing mm -hmm. people to everyone and Absolutely. you're able to do that through the mental health field. So thank you for joining us and sharing you. your wisdom today. Thank you. This show was brought to you in part by Faithfully Fit and Free, ICCI, and OneShare. To learn more, go to womenoffaith.com.